0: Earlier this week, a doctoral student colleague of mine wrote her Christmas list, her Christmas letter to Santa. And and then she published it, and here's what it was. Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is my dissertation done. In Jesus' name, Amanda. This is a grown-up Christmas request that is akin to the spirit that many desperate children will have as they write their own Christmas lists during this season of the year. But as we begin the Advent season here in church, our scriptures point us to something much, much different. The reason for this is not because the church wants to be contrarian, for the sake of being interesting. No, the the reason for this is because as we prepare for the Savior of the world to arrive in 23 days, it gives us a chance to step back a little bit and maybe think about what we really most deeply need. Maybe for this season, we can look at our true deep spiritual needs as we wait For the arrival of the coming Savior who actually is the one who meets those deep needs. Now all around us you can find ways to cover up your needs through the quick fix of seasonal optimism. Our our nation's economy is built on optimism driven by seasonal spending But our Christian faith is rooted in the life and resurrection of Jesus, which points us to a much bigger reality, doesn't it? Faith points us to the important fact that the God who came to live with us in Jesus actually waits for us as we reach our end. And so in the church, we take a few moments each week. We'll take a few moments now. To properly frame, hopefully, the true meaning of hope by allowing Advent to begin with something far greater and far further out than just two front teeth or a grown-up Christmas list or even a dissertation to be completed. We allow Advent to point us to the assurance that the God we worship is present at the end and walks with us while we get there, no matter what we must walk through. And so to that end, as we read these eschatological passages about the end of things, remember that we read them for the assurance that the Lord is with us. We turn first to Jeremiah 33, verses 14 through 16. the lord is our righteousness and now to the gospel of hope or to the gospel of luke where we find hope in chapter 21 verses 25 through 36 jesus says there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring sea and the waves People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them the parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times. Praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. So I confess that Advent never begins where I think it should or want it to. Given everything else around us, it just feels logical that there'd be a countdown to Christmas. If Advent... Parallel the last twenty-three days of a of a modern day pregnancy, we'd gather each week to read stories of of nesting and preparation by sweet Jesus and stoic or sweet Mary and Stoic Joseph as they wait for their cherubic baby boy. If it were up to us, Advent would be a time of of conversation around the romantic parts of the journey, the parts we remember about that parenting-pregnancy journey. And we would think about the quaint stable on that silent night there in Bethlehem. But that's not where Advent starts. Advent starts at the end. Now, the interesting thing about starting at the end is when you know how things Are going to go and how they're going to turn out, it actually makes life interesting. Typically, we'll say, Oh, we don't want to know how how it ends. We don't want to know how it's going to work out. We want to be surprised. But then, have you ever reread a book or re watched a movie? Or if you're a sports fan, watched a game that you knew how it was going to end? I don't take as much time to re watch my favorite stories or reread my favorite books as I wish I could, but, but the joy in a rewatch or a reread is that in, in, in retelling and re experiencing the story, but, but having the assurance of knowing how it ends, you get to experience the ups and downs of the life of the character without the anxiety of worrying if there's going to be a happy ending. By experiencing the story again, you can experience the joy and pains of the characters without the anxiety of whether they're going to make it to the happy ending. So really, knowing how a story is going to end should allow us to pay better attention to the parts of the journey. Because we're not just trying to figure out how Mr. or Mrs. Incredible are going to get rescued. We can really watch what happens. This may not be why we rewatch movies, but knowing that they make it to the end gives us the opportunity to embrace the journey in a more powerful way. It, it, it fosters a sense of hope. And I wonder if maybe this should be our guide for Advent. Because, because well, as, as we experience our own lives, sometimes we forget that we, we don't know how it's going to end when, when we do. Advent starts with the end so that maybe we can journey better without being distracted or consumed with the things that are all around us. So maybe the first Sunday of Advent points us to the end so that, like rewatching a favorite movie or re- rereading a favorite book, we can remind ourselves to fully embrace the journey that we're on because we know the goodness that lies at the end of the story. Maybe this is why Advent begins in a place we wouldn't expect. Advent doesn't begin there because because we know we're headed to Bethlehem, we know we're headed to a stable we know that Mary and Joseph are about to go on a silly, arduous journey because of of, of a declaration by a you know by a leader at an inopportune time for them and and if we could just. Just wash it to, to, to the parts that we like. We would celebrate for 23 days with a gender reveal party. And a shower. And a guy's night before guys become parents. And, and the Son of Man, a, a coming in glory, would just be the glory part, not the difficult parts of the prophecy. Because remembering the difficult parts of those prophecies doesn't sell commercials when NBC is trying to make you watch Christmas at Rockefeller Center or another Pentatonix Christmas special. And so it's dissonant. We have to to pay attention because if we're just culturally formed around Christmas without remembering the, the big end. Well, we'll just, we'll just think about now, now through the 25th and, and ignore everything that comes later. We'll ignore our spending limits. We'll ignore our, our work responsibilities because, you know, it's Christmas season. We'll just try to keep the kids as calm as possible, ignoring the long-term consequences of letting our three-year-old have another candy cane when they really should go to bed. Or maybe that's just my problem. All around us, everything wants to distract us from the big picture things that Advent points us to. Which is kind of why these passages feel weird. But exactly why they are the passages we really, really need most. Because Advent is about God and God's love and the true hope we can have because of Jesus, which stands in sharp contrast to the distraction from the real, deep, spiritual hope that, that, that everything around us would distract us from. Our material lives d- derive success from our willingness to hide our deepest needs underneath temporary solutions like instant gratification and retail therapy. The deep emotional connections we need from God And God's promise to be with us are subverted when we think an SUV with a big red bow on top is going to solve our deepest problems. The thing is, like having a new SUV with a giant bow on top is is a whole lot of fun. And there's nothing wrong with having an SUV with a bow on the top as long as it's not trying to meet our deepest needs. Because that's not really the hope that Scripture and God promises us. And that's why Advent doesn't begin where we expect it. Instead, it begins where we need to remind ourselves that we're headed, which is toward the Lord's love, with the Lord walking alongside us each step of the way. Today we think about the gift of hope, and Webster's defines hope as a cherish, to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or to be true. And, well, this doesn't quite do it for me. Because hope is not just wanting or wishing that something would happen, at least not in the church, at least not among God's people. To me, whether I've yet conveyed this or not, hope is something which is much greater, it's much deeper than just a simple desire or a wish. I think there needs to be a separation from the things that are on our wish list and the things that give us true, abiding hope. And that's why we talk about hope during Advent. Because for us, hope is about a deep, a deep longing and an earnest desire to be connected to God. And, and so maybe the later definition that Webster's gives is better, which says, to expect with confidence. There's a little more to that, isn't there? To expect with confidence. We expect with confidence that the God who came to meet us in that stable in, Jer- in Bethlehem many years ago will come to meet us once again we expect with confidence that no matter what path we are called to walk, the Lord will walk that path with us. We expect with confidence that, that even if we hope against all odds, and even if it's despite all the circumstances that surround us, we can look to the God of the universe and find an unexplainable strength and support And love that we deeply need, but maybe cannot tangibly feel. But we can explain it. Because it's God's love. And so maybe that's why Advent doesn't begin where we expect it to. Because it begins with the end, which is, in the end, our deep need to be met by God. Is there. God will be waiting for us. God's promise is to be with us along the way. And in looking at the end and remembering that God will be with us as we go there, we are called to have a measure of hope. So, if that's the case, Advent can't begin where we would culturally expect it to. Because what we're actually doing in here during Advent is something much greater than than meeting some seasonal expectations. Oh, out there, we will all have to meet those seasonal expectations of to-do lists and making sure we get the right gifts for friends and family. And we'll find, oh, we'll find some, some goodness in that for sure. But below that, can we cultivate that deep life need and tap into the hope which God provides through the promise of being there? There with us wherever we go and there with us whenever we get there. Knowing that God will be with us at our end, no matter the journey, should provide a measure of hope. Seeing that Jesus came to walk in our shoes should give us a measure of hope. Sensing that through the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Lord walks with us today should provide the assurance of hope. And most of all, knowing that no matter where this journey of life carries us, when this journey of life as we know it does have its end, knowing that God will be there and is already there waiting for us should give us a deep sense of hope. And it should be a gift to us. And so today we begin our Advent journey, and I pray that we might find the hope and freedom of God's love anew and afresh today and during this season by taking a glimpse at the end and feeling the assurance that God is waiting for us there and God is already taking us there today. Will you pray with me?